welcome to the Walking with Angels podcast. I'm your host, Amy Taylor. This is our time where we come together either just by myself or with a guest. And we get to talk about experiences that we've had where we know that earthly angels or heavenly angels have come and helped us. And we know that they're there and we know that they're a sign of our Father in Heaven's love. So I'm so glad you've joined us today. Let's get into it. Today, I have a guest named Portia Blanchard. Um, Portia is the mother of seven and she homeschools. Yes. And homeschooling seven children sounds daunting. <laughs> it is sometimes, it is. <laughs> um, she's also a doTERRA wellness advocate and she helps people um, step into their divine gifts, create abundance and a happy lifestyle through essential oils, which I think is awesome the way that you have taken that and um, just made it your own. So thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about yourself? Oh my goodness gracious. Um, It's interesting talking about oneself in like a little description. (laughs) It's like, and life is crazy. And I love sneaking into the pantry and snacking on chocolate chips and my popcorns, just like just life is life is good and life is hard and I'm really excited to be able to um, connect with you and the purpose that you have with this podcast because that's what helps make life keep going smoothly. Yep, yep. So when I decided to do the podcast, the the, the thought was that I just wanted people to know that there are angels all around, yeah. all around them and that especially their ancestral angels are very aware of them. And um, so I love that you're super excited to share some experiences that you've had recently that um, just really bring that truth into our hearts. And so I'm super excited about that. Um, So how old is your baby? So my baby is two months now. Okay. I I saw some like pictures on Instagram and I was like, I don't think that baby looks two months old. So. <laughs> she's a big baby. We she's just came back baby. from from a doctor's checkup today. She's eleven pounds now, oh, so wow. she's gaining weight just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or maybe you're smaller. How tall are you? There you go. I'm five four. So okay. yes, <laughs> yeah. So I my my two girls I had they were pretty small babies, especially my first one. She was very petite, yeah. and then um, my boys were both about eight pounds. And so from their birth, they were just big babies. They're big babies. Yeah. And I remember walking into one of my friend's house and my my little guy, he was probably six months old. And I got him. And he's like, he dwarfs you. He makes you look so small because he's yep. so big. That's that's how my kids go. Yep. <laughs> they're just so little. I just remember that and think, oh my goodness. Yep. Some kids are just beautifully big and yes beautifully big <laughs> yep you can just put your arms all the way around them and they'll snuggle you back yep yep um so um, let's see so where are you located yeah so right now I live in central Missouri and um this is where we plan on staying for a while I, I say that and everyone laughs because we move so often. I'm from Utah. We're also from Arizona. We've also lived in Michigan, Colorado, Kentucky, Indiana. Like we've just, we've moved around a lot, but we've been in Missouri now for about four and a half years, which to us feels like a lifetime. We're uh-huh. like, we're putting down roots, but people just <laughs> laugh when we say that because four and a half years. <laughs> yes. Yes. We, we travel a lot. Uh-huh. And is your husband a doctor? He is. Yep. Yeah. So he's a podiatric surgeon. When he was doing his, um, his training, his residency, he, he had the option um, of studying from these attendings all over the country. And at the time we had two kids and I'm like, I don't want to just stay home. I like, I like seeing places. So we just kind of packed up and um, spent a month or two at these different places around, around the States. How awesome. That would be so fun. So that's my, like, my dream is to be able to like travel and see lots of places. And my husband's is like, to not. <laughs> yes. You're like, how do we balance these two? 
<laughs> yeah, we'll find it somewhere, but there you go. Right now it's the just the knots. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, I'll wait my turn. So uh, we live in the Uena Mountains north in the north of Utah. Awesome. Northeastern side. Yeah. Um so uh let's just get into like the the experience you had as you were having your last baby and some of the things that you experienced. Yeah. As I've been thinking about sharing the story, um, because anyone that's had even any delivery at all, it's always just very precious and and special. Um, when this delivery went not according to plan, um, it's been interesting talking about it since then. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes I can just talk about it like like I was saying what I had for lunch that day. Mm-hmm. Just kind of just saying what happened. And other times it brings up just so many emotions. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm just going to be tearing up in this podcast <laughs> or if it's going to sound like just something that just like, I'm happened. just, it just happened. So I'm just well, going to just, you'll probably be tearing up because I tear up. Okay. We'll My just... listeners already know that I'm a crier. So they're all prepped and ready for that. So Wonderful. whatever happens, happens. They, so they what come was... with their box of Kleenex. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, so what was the plan? Like, okay. The dream plan. <laughs> the dream plan. Yeah. So this is my seventh baby. And my my pregnancies or my my deliveries go pretty smoothly. Um, our, my third baby, we had a home on accident because she just came so quickly. So then we then we had our fourth with the hospital. And then anyways, we've had some hospital and some and some home deliveries. And this one was going to be a planned. And actually, like a planned at-home delivery. <laughs> My babies just come so fast. I feel safer. Laden the medical personnel just come to me. And I love that in-home experience. And that's what it was going to be. And it, it was our last one also. So just kind of like, just kind of smooth sailing. But I can say that in the back of my mind, multiple times, I kept on feeling to look up um, C-sections and people's C-section stories. And to my heart, I'm like, like, am I going to be having a C-section with this baby? What, what exactly is going on? And so I did just like a lot of like pondering and praying. I'm like, should I have a C-section? Like, this is my seventh baby. I've never had to have a C-section before, but should I just plan on having a C-section? And with all the prayers I was saying, um, I really just deeply felt the words, um, to trust and to let my body do what it's supposed to do in the home environment and to endure and be patient. Just, just lots of words telling me to let this be a home birth experience, but to also keep on um, just learning about people who had a birth planned a certain way. And then things all of a sudden change and go a different way according to plan. Anyways. So uh, um, the due date is getting closer and all of a sudden it's finally labor time. I <laughs> had like all these like pre-labor things going on with my seventh baby and it was finally labor time and everything was going so smooth and so beautifully. Um, I might be jumping ahead of it, but then some things definitely took a twist that was not necessarily what I thought was part of the plan, <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it goes sometimes. Mm. Don't we just, just share the whole story. I'm like, yeah. I can just talk you and talk can, about it. You can share okay. the whole story and you can be as descriptive as you want to be. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. So in as, so backing up a little bit in my pregnancy, when it was like the final, like the final three weeks, I just felt really close to my grandma. My grandma, Bula Coons had passed away um, several years back. And I just felt really, really close to her. Um, for whatever reason, she was just one that kind of just kept on coming to mind and just, I don't know, like sometimes you just like, if you don't have a family member that's close by, they can just still be on your heart and they can just still feel so, so close to you. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was with her. And so I was kind of learning more about her birth story and she had a baby that unfortunately the cord was wrapped around his neck. And when he was born, he did not make it because of that. And so it just had her on my heart. Um, now jumping forward to my delivery. So, uh, things were going beautiful. My children were able to be in the room with me. It was very, very connective, just like exactly what I had imagined. 
And then when it came time to push, something just did not feel right. This is my seventh baby. I kind of know the feelings of like, okay, baby's lined up. We're ready to go. Baby was moving so much during this whole thing, um, which is abnormal in the past. To be yeah, they're, and they're, yeah, they're in their spot and they're cozy and they're ready to come out. Um, but something was not right when it came time to push. And my midwife immediately sensed that, checked um, baby's heart rate and it was dropping. And so we got out of the birth tub into my bed that was right next to it. And she's like, something is not right. This baby is now breech and is not handling this these contractions at all. So huge plot twist. Um, we ended up calling the ambulance and the ambulance came. If I was able to stay laying down and calm, baby's heart rate was totally fine. Mm-hmm. But exactly when any contractions would come to help get the baby out, baby was just not handling it. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I can breathe. I can just breathe and stay calm and we are going to go to the hospital and we are going to have a C-section because maybe that's exactly why I was thinking about all the stuff. Like, we're just going to go. We're just going to go. So the ambulance gets there. We live about 30 minutes away from the hospital. We live in a small town in Missouri. And as we are in the ambulance, um, going across the Missouri River Bridge, I don't know if it was just the jolting from the drive or what happened, but all of a sudden I'm like, I cannot keep this baby in any longer. This baby's coming out right now. And it was all hands on deck um, as this baby is being delivered in a breech position in the ambulance over bridge going to the hospital. <laughs> um, things went picked up really, really quickly after that point, which they already were just kind of flying with what had been happening at home. Um, but all of a sudden baby was coming out. Okay. And then she wasn't, then she was stuck Um, from her, her head was starting to come out, but from her nose up, she was just stuck in the birth canal and they could not get her out. And I could not get her out because I'm strapped to this, the stretcher and the ambulance trying to get into different positions. And it was just this crazy experience where everyone was all hands on deck. Um, In the ambulance, there was the, um, Oh, now I'm forgetting the term, the term for it. My husband left at this point, the, the medical personnel that was in the ambulance with us, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was there, which miraculously we knew him. So I really trusted him. My midwife was able to be in the ambulance with us and my husband. Um, so we are trying to get this baby out and she's not able to come out. And then her heart rate just flatlines and her breathing stops. And she sent, she was dead. And it was just this panic of trying to be able to save this baby. And in that moment, it's just incredible. Just when you you don't have time to think about something like this, never imagine yourself being in a situation like this. And when, when all of a sudden was happening, I realized it was happening. And the connection I had with my grandma and her story, I was praying to God and I was calling on her for two different reasons. And it's incredible just that my mind was able to even process that while this was all happening. But I was essentially pleading to my grandma to give me strength. If my birth, if this baby's birth story is essentially the same as what her child's was. And if this baby doesn't make it to give me strength to give this baby comfort. But I also was pleading to her, like, but please don't let this be the same way that yours was to get down here and to help. And miraculously, baby came loose and she came out and we had the dream team. Your podcast is about angels. I know that my grandma was there with me and I had literal human angels with me in the ambulance. The, um, Oh my goodness. Just tell me the responder's name, the EMT. Thank you. (laughs) The EMT was so quick with what he was able to do to help her, um, help try and get things into her. So her, her heart would hopefully start pumping my husband with his rotations that he had done in school did, um, he did heart compressions many, many times on people, but because that we also know the stats that many times it does not work out so i'm sitting on the stretcher the emts to the left of me the my husband's to the right he's doing compressions i know the stats of what's going on the midwife is there with her thing specifically for the baby um 
has a bag over her mouth trying to pump air into her lungs. And I am just there just praying and pleading and rubbing my little baby's feet that everything will be okay. And again, I'm going to say the word miraculously so many times. Um, miraculously, her heart starts beating and she starts to breathe. We arrive at the hospital and they rush to make sure that she's okay. And they recommended that we do a hypothermic cooling for her um, to help with any brain damage that might have happened in that five, six minutes of not having a heartbeat. <laughs> so, so essentially we had to make a decision quickly and we decided to go with that. And she was taken to a different hospital for this treatment that was just down the road, but I was in the hospital that I was in um, for the 12 hours, like the minimum time that I had to be there. And during that time of being apart, just sitting in that hospital bed, not having a baby with me, wondering what in the world just happened? <laughs> Why didn't I feel to have a C-section in the first place instead of this whole, whole ordeal? Um, my bishop and his wife came over and they, they told me that it's completely okay to be angry, <laughs> that they've had their own birth trauma experiences and anger is completely normal. And he was able to give me a special, a special prayer, a special blessing. And after that, what I really felt on my heart was, yes, there's things I can be upset about and anger about and bitter about. And that's completely okay and normal to process things that way. But that's not the reason that God allowed for this experience that God, uh, that we have, that we have these mortal experiences here on this earth. Mm -hmm. It's not to get better and to turn inward. And after that, it was just a click where I was able to really notice all the miracles that had taken place. Mm -hmm. I had a dream team of people with me in the ambulance. I trusted. I had some incredible health professionals at the hospitals that were willing to quickly get on and help care for my baby, even though I was trying to process what was going on. Um, it was just a really good reminder that I could go back and think of all the things to be angry and mad about, or I could go back and notice the tender mercies, how, how quickly the midwife was able to recognize that the situation was going south, that mm -hmm. it was time to get other people here. Just all the different miracles that happened. Um, and after that, she spent about two weeks in the NICU with her hypothermic treatment and just the process of helping her get warmed up again, making sure that everything was um, just checking all of her different systems to see what the impact was with that. <sighs> While being there, I had so many friends and family that were just pouring in their prayers. Like you sometimes be like, Oh, like, does anyone even really know the things I'm experiencing <laughs> and the things I'm going through? But it was just an army of people that were praying for my baby and for me and that were helping with meals at home. Um, so, so many literal physical angels that were there um, helped me along the way. I, I truly believe in angels. Yeah. Um, I love listening to birth stories um, because I really do believe that it, it creates uh, a connection with um, our father in heaven and that as we go through birth, it just, we have to rely on a higher power. I don't know how, how people do it without, honestly. Um, so I had four babies at home mm -hmm. um, and all of them were uh, quite stressful um, because having a baby is stressful <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and every birth is different. And um there's usually complications, I would say. Um, there's some people that can have babies very easily and it just just happens. Um, with mine, there were complications in all of them. Despite the fact that I hoped that each one would get easier, it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> they, they actually, my first one was really hard because it's the first one, right? Like it's just your body's not, hasn't done it ever before. Um, and then the second one, um, she was smaller, but she was turned sideways. And so her, her head wasn't coming 
down the birth canal. It was kind of like on the side and she wouldn't come down. And so, um, and my midwife was really wonderful. She was good at just assessing, you know, danger, but she was also really good at like listening to the spirit. And she was like, okay, we've tried to turn the baby the the way that I need her to go (laughs) and it's not working. So we're going to turn her backwards, but that's going to be really painful for you and like it's it's gonna be really painful so then they turned but when we did that she actually turned and I had a few contractions when she was posterior and it was very painful and then she just finished flipping and then she came right out and so she must have been you know playing with that cord like wrapped around her arm or something and um then my third one he was eight pounds and it's supposed to get easier (laughs) I was just like, it should be easier. Right. But, um, he was just a lot. I'm, I'm a small person and it was just a lot to get him out here into the world. And then my fourth baby, there was trauma that happened before. So my dad passed away in March of 2019 from leukemia. Um, it's acute myeloid leukemia is what he passed away from. Um, and it was pretty quick from the time he went to the hospital to when he passed away was less than three months. And then, um, my father-in-law passed away that same year in June. And so with those two events happening, um, there was a real sense of mortality. And I knew that if Heavenly Father, if it was in his plan for my baby not to make it, then it was totally outside of my control. So I had that same feeling that you had in the ambulance of if if this if my story ends up the same as like your grandma's story, like where will we be? And yes, um, and I just couldn't like get past the thought of trying to tell my children that heavenly father took their brother sorry mm-hmm. so apparently this brings up a lot for me too um their brother as well as their grandpas and so <laughs> it's really interesting because um you have that feeling of fear that it's that it's going to happen and you're not really afraid of like uh, you're not afraid of it happening but you're afraid of the trauma that it caused your family um and I'm not like I wasn't afraid that God wasn't there (laughs) I was afraid that what his plan was was hard and I wasn't gonna be able to do it um anyway so going into the birth of my fourth um there was a lot of like worry that it would, it would be, you know, it wouldn't end up well. So we actually prayed about having the home birth a lot because we didn't want it to end up. Um, yeah, it was like, I was, he was breech. So he turned breech, um, oh, the week he was due. And I was like, oh dear. Okay. So I asked my midwife, you know, babies are born breech all the time. My dad was born breech and was fine. Um, but like, she's like, the, the complication is, is that if the cord is wrapped around in the wrong way, the baby won't be able to come out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and you, there's no way of knowing where the cord is. Right. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, I went to the swimming pool and, um, my friend has a, her, her own home pool. And so I went there and did some swimming to see if we could get him to turn. And I don't know if that just, you know, tingled him up more or what, but by the time he came, he was, um, she lost heart tones at one point, but I have a lot of fluid. And so she just figured like, once she found them again, it was because I had turned over and was leaning forward and he just rolled. So like his heart tones disappeared when I laid back because he just was just like, swimming around in there still even though I was in labor and um, <laughs> so, 
So she lost heart tones on him, but she's like, I think just turned posterior, like posterior. And because she said when the heart tones came back, they were strong and normal. Like, she's like, I, I don't think he was under any stress, but we were worried that he was. So we were like getting ready to leave. And in the car, she finds heart tones again. And it's like, he's fine. He's fine. What in the world is going on? So we come back in, get in the bath. He starts coming. And um, as as he is coming down, she sees that the cord is wrapped around his neck. And she says, oh, okay, we are um, change of plans. So she pulled the cord down and clamped it on both sides. He finished being born. But by that time, he was in a little bit of trouble. So she starts, you know, pushing on him, getting him some air and rubbing him. And But the spirit that was, the spirit that I felt the whole time was peace. I felt peace about being at home. I felt I didn't feel peace about my children being there or my mother. I didn't feel like they could handle the stress of just the baby even being born. I felt like they needed to be somewhere else. And then it just, oh, baby's here. Like, um, so um, I felt very peaceful, even though even when we were getting into the car, even when we came back in, I felt very peaceful. And then when he was in that little bit of trouble there after he'd been born, I just prayed and said, Heavenly Father, please, please help my baby stay. And um, there was this moment where it was like, um, he's meant to stay. And I felt, okay, this is, and I felt loved. Um. I think that that was, uh, I don't know. Um, it's interesting. Um, I didn't feel um, specific presences of um, like angels at that time, but I know that they were there. I do. And, um, but he, he got okay. And he did have like some little red um, from like capillaries that burst in his eyes because of the, pressure on his neck um but he was okay and um he's perfectly fine <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. but um but it was in my first pregnancy specifically um and labor and delivery um there was a point where I was just done I was so tired and my body was tired and I was just like okay father in heaven um I can't do this all by myself yeah. I I need help and I literally felt two angels with me and that they put their hands around my belly and I felt energy and I felt the pull and I felt like the baby was actually being pulled down. And then I I woke up because I had been taking a nap, but like I was so exhausted that I would stop breathing while I was sleeping and my husband would rub my back and I would start breathing again. Like, it was, it was that exhausted. Um, and so when things started happening, I told Brent, go get Melody. And I, the spirit in the room was tangible and I felt, I literally felt the pull and the help. I didn't, it was, it was outside of me. Like I didn't have that strength and it came and like, I, I know that there were angels there that helped my baby be born and helped me. And um, it was just a beautiful experience. And I have some friends that are like, I never want to be in that experience where I need angels. <laughs> let me, let me say something to that real quick. And as I'm talking, realizing my charger just lit up. Um, saying that I'm going to plug in my computer. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to do that real quick before it dies on us. Okay. There you go. Commercial break. <laughs> but that's, that's a really good point. People can hear things that can, that can go not according to plan, have complications that come up. And it's like, oh, like, I don't want that. Like, I don't want to have to be in a space where I need angels to be there to help me. Um, that's something I've really, really felt throughout this process. Um, like what you're saying, like with that piece, life never goes according to plan. 
And I like to try and see how many things I can control to have the perfect outcome that I want. Mm-hmm. And that that's not how it works. I had so many people messaging me, tell me their birth experiences. And they there were traumatic experiences in the hospital. There were traumatic experiences at home. Mm-hmm. There's incredible experiences in the hospital and incredible experiences at home. Yeah. This is my seventh baby. Everything else for me went very, very smooth up until this last one. But just a message that I really, really feel to share with people is like, your life is worth living for. And so if there's something on your heart that you feel a call to do, don't be afraid of what if it doesn't work out. Don't let that stop you. Because A, we can't control that. That's not, that's not why we're here on earth trying to avoid things not working out. Mm-hmm. You want to, <laughs> but that's not really what, why we're here on this earth. Right. And there are angels with you, whether or not you're in a crazy experience or just in everyday life, mm-hmm. you have angels that deeply care about you when you're washing the dishes, when you are driving to work, when you go into the everyday tasks after when we were in the NICU um, with the baby, we just felt that onpouring of angels for our baby and, and for us and the prayers of people around us. Then when we got home and it was the almost like the second part to this newborn phase. Now we're home and everything with the baby checked out just fine. There was no brain damage that was showing up. All of her organs were working beautifully. It's like, okay, now we're going to go home and we're just going to enjoy our life and our time with our baby and our children and some postpartum depression can set in and did set in me in my own way, my own trauma I was dealing with and with my husband in his own way. And my mom at one point, she was like, do you pray for angels to be with you? And we're like, well, we, we did for our baby when she was in the NICU, but not when we're just going through parenting life, which we should be able to handle. <laughs> I'm doing quotation marks. <laughs> Those are just listening. Yeah. Yeah. So. There are angels that are with you no matter what point you are in life. And if you have a desire for something, let yourself live and just do it because we don't know how much time we have on this earth and we can't control the outcome. So just follow that gut instinct and know that God has your back. However, it turns out Mm. he has your back through the whole process. Yeah. I love that, that your mom was like, are you praying for angels now? Mm -hmm. Because so often after the trauma, after the scary stuff has all happened, we're like, oh, we got this. We're good. And we stop praying for help from our savior. We stop praying for as much inspiration from the spirit. And we stop praying for angels to be with us and attend us. And in reality, I personally believe that we can pray for angels to be with us and around us every day, three times a day. And um, I really feel like when, especially when my dad and my father-in-law passed away, it opened my eyes to that in this mortal life, if we want someone to come to our house or if we want someone to like have lunch with us, we have to call them. We have to say, hey, do you want to get together and do this thing? And it's very similar, I think, on the other side, is that we need to invite them. They're not just going to invade our space. The, mm-hmm. We need to invite them into our lives. And you don't have to say specific people. You can just say, please bless angels to be around about us and to guard us and protect us. And like as you do that, it really creates a connection with the other side the and then personally I feel like if I've created that connection and I can feel it then there's that day that I'm having not the best day and I'm not the happiest mommy ever and I start to get into that frustrated things aren't going my way kind of way and then I can feel that distance like I, I can feel that the spirit's not like really, you know, present and I can feel those angels kind of just back up. And when you fix it, like you can just feel it come back and be like, oh, this is where the comfortable peace 
this is what I want. This is, I would rather this than that. And it helps make those daily choices that make life a little bit more peaceful. Um, but also that like it with my children, um, when we prayed for angels, they're thinking about their grandparents, like their grandpa that has passed away that was here and now he's not anymore. So, um, and so let's see. Um, so Frank wasn't born yet. And, um, my other three were Max with little. So he wasn't, he was, I think he was almost three when, um, the grandpas passed away. So he knew that they were gone, but it wasn't as big for them because they didn't have 10 years of life yeah. with them. Right. So mm -hmm. my older girls though, were, um, were really tore up and it was quite traumatic for them. And I felt like as we prayed for angels to be around about us, it, it helps them remember that they weren't that far away. Yes. And I like to look for them and to recognize mm -hmm. them. And it can be a, like what you're saying, maybe you're praying for someone that's specific or angels in general. Um, it's just beautiful to me, just the concept of like actually looking and believing that they care about you. And that others care about you. And that help will come if we look for it, whether it's in the form of peace or a friend or strength, just, or just you feeling more yourself again. Like it is, it is there in many different ways. Yeah. Um, so uh, as you, is there anything you'd like to say about the postpartum depression as you went through that and some of the things that helped you come out? Yeah. Um, a, a big one <laughs> was taking away the shoulds. Like, <laughs> like I, I should, I shouldn't need to pray about this because I should be fine. It's like just <laughs> all of those, just getting out of your head, just, which is so, it's so much easier said than done. Um, to try and break it down to actual step-by-step -step things of what has helped me. Cause I really appreciate it when others have broken it down step-by-step is one, find someone that you can talk to, whether that's a spouse or a therapist or a friend or your journal, like really find someone that you can talk to that has your back. That's really, really, really big. Second is recognize when you're in postpartum depression, you are going around the clock, whether you're up at night or you're feeding the baby or you're the dad, dads can get it too. And we just don't, we might not be like prepped for that or recognize that. Um, but whether it's you're also working and taking care of the children recognize you're in this crazy phase and let yourself be fueled in other ways take your supplements drink your glasses of water which is not to like put something else on the checklist but just kind of a wake up of like okay are you taking care of you in whatever that way that looks like for you that's getting outside if that's watching a show that you like like let yourself take care of you just as if you would take care of your baby. Um, and the third one to stay with the like, recover with the postpartum depression again is like there are, there are seasons and phases with each thing. There are seasons and phases and there's this acronym that I have. It's called smiles. And for me, it stands for simple mindfulness in life's everyday struggles. <laughs> and sometimes life is just hard. The angels are there helping you so you can trust them. So tell us that acronym again for your smiles. Yeah. So the acronym is simple mindfulness in life's everyday struggles. Because sometimes it just is a struggle <laughs> and that's okay. If you're in that like struggle phase of life. Um, but with being mindful that sometimes it's just a phase and you get to get that support and you get to feel yourself. You, you get to feel you. So many times we can lose who we are as a mom, but we're still there. It's like, it's like we hear mom all the time. But it's like, yes. And I am Portia and Portia is a mom of seven children. And Portia had a really emotional time after her baby went through something crazy, which is totally normal. And Portia likes to put pink in her hair and to, to get outside, but only if the weather's perfect. Like 
<laughs> just letting yourself be mindful of you and really how you're feeling. Do that check-in and just let the, the judgment go away and let yourself start taking care of yourself again, just as, a, just as you would a baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like as a mom that like, and I only have four children. <laughs> so only yeah. well, <laughs> children, I yeah, have four children, 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 which is not seven yes. though, or six and yes. then a brand new baby. So, um, but I can see how that is hard to do, especially when you first had a baby, because you are so intent on taking care of that baby, taking care of the other kids, making sure they feel loved, even though the baby's taking up a lot of your time. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, really being mindful about like taking care of yourself. And that's actually something that I tell people when they're going through the grieving process is that you need to take care of yourself. You need to make sure that you're taking a shower and eating well and, you know, getting a little bit of exercise because if your body feels unkept or unloved, mm -hmm. then it affects your mental state. And so, yes. yeah. So like tell people they need to take care of themselves. They need to make sure that they're not yes. forgetting to, to do the normal self-care. <laughs> yeah. I have my little one that's knocking the background, so I'll need to um, keep this brief, but there is one last thing that really came to my mm -hmm. mind as you were saying that. Um, so I have, I, I have my seven children. I homeschool. I go on dates with my spouse. I, I have this business of helping mentor people with their health. There's lots of different things I like that can seem like I'm juggling mm -hmm. and it can be really easy as a mom um, with whatever you're doing to have that mom guilt that sets in at the end of the day. At the end of the day, I can be like, oh my goodness, I could have been kinder here. I could have, I could have served more there. I could have taken care of myself better here. And I've really learned at the end of the day, because I know that can, can start to come on. That's when I really, I'm not going to say, I, I look for God's hand in my life at that point. I recognize this is not the Porsche show. <laughs> this is not me doing it all on my own. Like I do not need to be everything for everyone and fix everything. There literally is a savior for that. <laughs> and that is not me. And I can, at the end of the day, recognize God's hands, God's hand in my life. And I'll go through it either journal or just make a mental note. So I saw a blessing here. This was tough and I was able to get through it. And I know I had his strength there. Just be able to literally give that mental note of him helping me in my life. And then I let myself go to sleep. I'm not staying up late doing the projects that weren't finished or going in my mind about everything I did wrong. I let myself sleep and I turn it over to God and know that <laughs> that is enough. It's going to have to be enough. <laughs> it's going to have to be enough. There's this, there's a scripture. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. But this year um, with, I really just felt like, to simplify things and to take things a little bit slower. Um, and so I've changed that verse for me and it's, I am enough in all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And that just gives me so much peace that's within for anyone that's in that postpartum phase, you are enough. Christ is there for you. Turn it over to him and you're enough. Let yourself love on yourself. And love on him and just turn peace comes from Christ and yes. self-judgment doesn't come from Christ. Um, discouragement or self-loathing. None of that comes from Christ. Peace comes from Christ. And so when we come closer to him and we say, this is how it went. I can't do anything about that now. I know you love me and it's going to have to be good enough. And he, and he always returns with it is it's enough. So thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate you taking your time to come and spend with us and share your experiences. Um, so much, Amy. I will uh, make sure that I put your um, Instagram link in the um, show notes and um, on the posts that I do and stuff. Is there anything else that you um, want people to know? 
no, I think that's, I think that's perfect. Just being able to have this conversation, know that there's people out there that are like them too. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I hope angels can be with you wherever you go. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so yep. much. Take care. Okay. Well, thank you for coming and listening today. Thank you for um, supporting me in the podcast. And um, I just wanted to remind everyone that I have the grief and healing course um, that people can sign up for. And um, I'll have the link in uh, posts and in the bio on my Instagram and in lots of places. Um, I appreciate the um, things that we got to talk to today with uh, Portia and um, that we can remember that we are enough. And one of the things that um, I helped me a lot was I realized on my mission that I was never going to be um, what I wanted in perfection. Um, I knew what a perfect missionary looked like. I knew what you know, cause you'd have days that were just awesome, you know, and you met lots of people and you felt amazing and you got out and did, and the spirit was just there with you. And so there were days that were just wonderful as a missionary. And I remember walking down the road one day and, um, I was with, I think I was with a sister from the ward and we were knocking on some doors and um, we had quite a bit of walk to go somewhere. And I was just thinking in myself, like, I am never going to be perfect. Um, and what if my imperfections cause someone else to not hear the gospel? And I remember having that thought and it was a painful thought. I remember my heart just hurting, like, what if I, I'm the reason that someone doesn't get to hear this beautiful message? And I remember as I was walking and thinking about that, the spirit came to me and was like, nobody's perfect. And Jesus Christ suffered and died because nobody is perfect. And then... The spirit bore testimony to me that my imperfections were never going to be big enough and bad enough to frustrate God's plan. And then I thought, <laughs> if my imperfections aren't big enough to frustrate God's plan, and there are millions and billions and trillions of people who have been born, and none of them are perfect. And none of them have frustrated God's plan. How big is God? And how amazing is it that we have a father in heaven who has got this? So there are times, there are times when I'm like, okay, can I really have faith that God is going to make it all okay through the atonement of Christ. Can I have faith in that? And um, I always come back to that he can and that he will and that no amount of weakness, stupidity, any fallacies that I have, any of my weaknesses, are not going to make it so God's plan doesn't happen like he wants it to. And I don't know if it's because he does workarounds or because he already knows or he allows us to do these things and then repent. I'm not sure how it all works, but I know that our father in heaven has a plan and that he's in control. And I can trust that. And whether or not hard things happen he is in the details and he knows that it's going to be okay and so many times in my life that I think that something horrible has happened and then come to find out it's what God wanted all along 
and that he always turns it so that things turn out better for me than they would have. And I learn from things that it seemed like was such a big deal. And then like looking back, it's like, no, it wasn't that big. Like nobody, I used to say nobody died. And now I can't really say that because sometimes people do. And like my dad passed away and my father-in-law passed away and it was still okay. And I know that that was part of our father in heaven's plan. I don't know why. I still don't know why it was part of the plan, but I know that it was, and I can have faith that it's going to be okay. And it has been okay. We're, we're, you know, we're not broken. We're fake. Our, our father in heaven loves us and he saves us and he heals us when we're broken. And that's life. Life is part of things happening and we ask him to help us and he helps us pick up the pieces and put them back together differently than they were before and in a beautiful, wonderful way. And I just have a testimony of that that is our God loves us and he cares about us and he's in control. And I just um, wanted to share that with you there at the end um, and let you know that um, if you have experiences that you'd like to share um, on the show, or if you um, just have stories that you can email me that you want me to share, that the spirit inspires you to have me share, um, I would love that. That would be wonderful. Um, this show is just for people to feel inspired and feel loved and see the Lord's hand in our lives and then to come together in, in testimony and build those testimonies with each other that our Father in Heaven loves us. Our Savior Jesus Christ suffered and died for us and He loves us and He knows us and He can heal us. I know that our the Spirit knows us and he speaks to us, and he comforts us. And I know the angels are round about us to guard and protect us and minister unto us. The Father in heaven has so many ways to show his love. And I know that he is there and that he cares about us. And so I just wanted you to know how much I care about you and love you and appreciate your support. And I'll see you later. Bye.